Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we break down a couple of big wins for the Jets against the Wild and Kraken, including... Maybe the playoffs aren't dead just yet, as well as a Wheeler Renaissance. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Well, 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 how the turntables have turned. Michael Scott, Brandon Rewicki. When we last met, it sure felt like the season was flushed down the drain after that ugly, ugly loss to lowly Chicago. So it's, it's pretty wild that in the same week, just the span of a few days even. And a couple of wins later, all of a sudden, the hunt for a wildcard spot doesn't look all that daunting for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, of course, in typical Jets fashion, it wouldn't be the Jets' way without it being a bit of a bumpy ride and not a walk in the park whatsoever against another team at the bottom of the NHL standings. It ended up being more of a relief win than anything else, but still, the Jets got the job done. And it's crazy. The deficit to the playoff line is just three points. That's it. There's three. I don't know what the playoff percentage is, right? The chance of the Jets making the postseason, what it is right now. And, I mean, Dallas can stretch that deficit to four points back if they win their one game in hand. But right now, right now, it does not seem very daunting at all. And maybe part of that is, you know, not even necessarily what the Jets aren't doing, but more so what the teams ahead of them are. Because right now that Edmonton has moved up into the Pacific Division in, in the top three and you know, away from the wildcard chase, there's only three teams ahead of Winnipeg in the standings. Dallas, like I mentioned, two points up with a game in hand. But, you know, even then, we saw them play really well against the Jets earlier this uh, this week, I guess, last week. They've been up and down all season long. They haven't gotten great goaltending. And who knows what happens with the, the whole John Klingberg situation. It looked for a long time like he was going to be out the door. So, I mean, there's that to consider as well from the Stars side of things. Anaheim is three points up with three more games played than the Jets. I mean, they're sinking fast. They got blown out by the Oilers last night. 
And they very well could be sellers at the trade deadline with a number of key pending UFAs as well. And then LA right now, who sits in the final wildcard spot, three points up, even on games played with the Jets. The Kings have been much better this year. I mean, they're they're a solid team. But even then, I don't think they necessarily scared the crap out of you in terms of chasing them down in the standings, especially if it is just a three-point deficit. And on top of that, the Kings play Vegas on Friday night. So, I mean, there's the possibility that the Jets head into their next game with a chance to cut the deficit to just one point. So, again, it's, it's crazy that we're back to doing this again, especially after the game against Chicago. But the Jets really aren't all that far back. And if they can find a way to keep this level of play up that they've shown these past two games heading into March, eh, maybe there will be meaningful hockey in April once again after all. Now, we need to see that you know for another week or so before I think everyone gets really, really excited here. But at least there's a bit of life in the patient just right now. So, I mean, that's a bit of positivity headed into the weekend at the very least. Now, for me, the standout player... The past two games, the past little while even, to get the Jets in a spot where they even have some semblance of a chance has been without a doubt, not Mark Shafley, who's playing really well, a hat trick, he's got, it feels like a bajillion points and 20 goals in the past couple of games. It's not him, but the one that stood out the most to me and really grabbed this team by the scruff of their neck and dragging them somewhere, is the man with the C on his chest. I mean, we got a glimpse of vintage, vintage 2016 Blake Wheeler over the past 48 hours in particular. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but he's really elevated his game. And don't look now, but again, all of a sudden, Blake Wheeler is right at a point-per-game pace yet again this season. So two straight years of incredibly slow starts but then followed up by some really really impressive stretch runs in each of those seasons as well and we're seeing that again right now and look this kind of popped into my head tonight watching Wheeler impact the game in a big way yet again but I think I found the perfect metaphor to describe where Blake Wheeler is at at this point in his career. And bear with me because it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I'll, I'll, I'll make it make sense in just a bit. But Blake Wheeler is a lawnmower. I don't know if that's catching on at a nickname. I don't think there's much chance of that. But Blake Wheeler is a lawnmower. And not just any lawnmower, but a veteran one. And anybody who's had a vet lawnmower knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. I, like, I'm not talking the brand new John Deere sitter mower right off the shelves, like the Perfetti model, if you will. But the old school walking mower that's been with you for a few decades worth of jobs. And after being out of commission all off season, you dust the bad boy off to kick off a new year of work. And you look at it, it's kind of broken down. You know, I got orange tape holding mine together. You wonder if this if this is going to be the last time you get any juice out of this warrior and you can't get it started right away, you're pumping the primer button, you're ripped on that rope start a half dozen times, you're doing whatever you can and nothing's working and you think this is the end. But you give it one last go, you crank that rope start, 
And all of a sudden, the machine gets going again, and then from that point on, Old Reliable can't be stopped. And you end up getting another year out of it. That's Blake Wheeler right there. He's a lawnmower. I told you it makes sense. You might have to deal with a slow 10, 15, maybe even 20 games to start this season. But once the motor gets started, you're still getting a damn effective player. Maybe not the guy he was at his peak because we were talking about a 90-point two-way force. But if you're getting, you know, 70, 75 to 80-point guy, you've got to be pretty pleased with that. And then you take into account all the intangibles that come with it as well. I mean, he is, I don't know if he's providing $8 million worth of value, but at, at the very least, he's not a drag with the way he's played over the last several games for the Winnipeg Jets. And he was really good in the Kraken game last night. Picks up a goal off some nice work by Paul Stasny and Mark Scheifele creating a turnover there. But to me, he was really, really strong against the Minnesota Wild the night before. I mean, that setup. On the first March Shifley goal, looked like a highlight from the 2016 playoffs. I, I mean, Mark, Mark Shifley almost sheepishly tapped the puck into the open net there because Blake Wheeler did all the work and made that play happen, right? Like, just using his body down low, creating a turnover, and then able to shield the defender from the puck as well, and then using his, his all-worldly vision to make a great pass to Shafley at the back door there. I mean, it was absolutely magical. And then he continued that level of play all throughout the game against Minnesota. I mean, Mark Mark Shifley was the clear benefactor of that, getting one of the easier hat-tricks you'll ever see a guy get. And, And most of that was from the vision, from the hard work of Blake Wheeler on that line. And that line in particular has been, I mean, you don't need me to tell you that. It's been great these past couple of games here. Mark Shifley's clearly taking his game to another level. I mean, at the very least, he's getting some confidence or taking the confidence from finding the back of the net and applying that to other areas of his game. Not perfect, but we're seeing a much, much more impactful Mark Shifley, and that's a huge thing. And then you have Paul Stasny out there on the wing, giving you the best of both worlds, right? Some, Some defensive consciousness, and intelligence in his own half of the ice, combined with high-level IQ, high-level vision, and he's able to support Mark Shafley and Blake Wheeler in a really, really strong fashion. It's almost like having Andrew Kopp there, but you get a little more offensive punch with Paul Stasny in the mix. That that line has just been great. Stasny and Shafley have been great, but to me, it's been Blake Wheeler specifically as of late that's really carried that entire line. And you know what? Give credit to all the Jets' big guns. I mean, they're the ones they're the ones pulling the ship right now. It was another outstanding game by Dubois, Connor, and Perfetti. Kyle Connor, in particular, a standout game for himself. A, a highlight reel assist on the game-winning goal to Josh Morrissey. But they've been great. And now you have Shifley, Stasny, Wheeler carrying the mail offensively as well. And Connor Hellebuck's been solid in it as well. In the net. Outside of the net, different story. But in the net, he's been good. So all the big guns are really stepping up when the Jets need them the most. Yes, there's some ugly losses here and there against some of the the lesser thans in the NHL. But at the very least, on an individual level, we're seeing the captain of this team ramp his game up in a big, big way at the most important time. And if he keeps that up, 
you know, maybe Blake Wheeler isn't done just yet as an impact player, and then maybe the Winnipeg Jets aren't done just yet in the playoff race. So a big few games from the captain, and a big few results from the Winnipeg Jets. Just a handful of points back, it's still crazy to say that, as they try to make some more ground in the wildcard chase moving forward in the last few days of February. Now we'll get to some key points, some standout plays, for the games against the Seattle Kraken and the Minnesota Wild in just a second here, including another mini renaissance, if you will, from another member of the Winnipeg Jets. But before we get to that, we do have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Now that the Super Bowl has wrapped up, hockey underway, but don't forget about hoops as well. The Raptors are kicking ass. And with that in mind, DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the official sports betting partners of the NBA, has a massive deal that's way too good for you to pass up. That is, if you guys like making money. $150 of free money, that is, by betting just $1. We'll get to that in just a sec. Remember, too, though, if Sportsbook is not available in your state or province just yet, you can still get a big payday. Everybody can make huge, huge money with huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, so who else on the Winnipeg Jets might be having themselves a bit of a mini renaissance as well this year? Well, maybe a bit of a likely culprit with him getting the game-winning goal on the night. An absolute bullet, by the way, as well, but... Maybe we're not talking enough about the bounce-back season that Josh Morrissey is having this year. I mean, there's just so many other storylines going on around the team, so I I guess maybe that's it. It does make sense that, you know, maybe that gets pushed to the back burner a little bit when it comes to the Winnipeg Jets and what's going on this season. But Josh Morrissey has been by far and away the Jets' best defenseman this season. He's gone a long way in terms of reestablishing his value across the NHL. And, and, I mean, you could look at it any way you want. The eye test, he looks more confident, more composed, even more dynamic and electric out there. By the fancy stats, he's been the Jets' best regular defenseman, whether it's Corsi, whether it's expected goals. So by quality or quantity, he's been the Jets' most impactful defender in those marks as well. He's just having a major, major bounce back. And, and really, there's a, a, a number of different reasons for that. I guess the simplest one would just be that, and I'm, I'm going to say no offense here, but there's obviously some offense to be taken. But the biggest thing is that Josh Morrissey is playing with capable defensive partners. 
that, like that's it. That's probably a big reason why he's back to where he is, right? You're not asking Josh Morrissey basically to be Victor Hedman and carry anybody beside him to elite-level results. He's he's not that kind of defenseman. And realistically, there's about three or four of those on the entire planet right now. There's no shame in, in not being one of those guys. But you put a solid guy beside Josh Morrissey, like we've seen now with Truba, like we've seen with DeMello, Nate Schmidt as well, at times this season, he's going to give you good results. And, and that's what Morrissey's been all season long. I mean, so that's the most basic explanation is just that he's gotten more help on the back end but I think he's made strides in a number of different areas of his game as well Uh, I mean to me the thing that stands out the most and I don't know if anybody else has picked up on this or not but his skating looks way improved from where it was the past couple of seasons to me he's picked up half a step out there there's been numbers of instances where he's basically doing a little bit of a a little bit of a skating exposition exhibition around the entire offensive zone, showcasing his edge work, doing a little crossover action here and there as well. He, he looks really smooth out there with the puck, and on top of that too, you know the skating's improved. I think his shot's gotten miles better as well. I mean, it's, it's been an actual weapon usually on the second power play unit, but it's an actual power play weapon this year where if you give him time and space, Josh Morrissey is beating goalies clean with his slap shot. And that's something that I don't think we've seen out of his arsenal over his first few seasons in the NHL. So the Jets are getting him more help. Josh Morrissey himself has taken his game to a new level as well, and he's taken it upon himself to improve in a few different aspects. And what you're getting is... I mean, he's not a a true number one defenseman, but number two, for sure, a a high-end number three at the very least, right? But I think, you know, as maybe a a support piece on a top pair, Josh Morrissey is showing that he can be that guy. And for a Jets defense that has had a, a number of questions over the past few years, you know, with him being one of them, it sure as hell is nice to see that wherever this season ends up going, you put some talent beside Josh Morrissey, and you're going to get a hell of a player out of number 44. So, great game by him last night. Great winner. Perfect shot. And a really, really great, I think, underrated season out of Josh Morrissey so far this year. Now, before we look ahead to a massive, massive week, a massive three games upcoming for the Winnipeg Jets, actually, before we get to that, one other thing I want to note from the game as well, and, you know, it's fortunate, at least, that it didn't end up costing the Winnipeg Jets dearly, and they were able to go on to win the game. But I do want to mention this, just because it, it pissed me off in the moment. I'm sure it angered a lot of Jets fans, and it probably angers a lot of people when this happens time and time again in the NHL. we got to get on the officiating once again. But that Yanni Gord hit on Mark Shifley, I believe in the second period. How in the hell is that not a major penalty? Right? Like, is was that not textbook five minutes boarding or hitting from behind like I imagine that's the clip they show for for he's coming into the NHL to say that right there is your game misconduct for boarding yet the referees only give two minutes and then an added two minutes for roughing there as you know Mark Shifley I think rightfully wants to take Yanni Gord's head off in that situation I, I would normally say, I don't get how you don't call that, but I know why the NHL does that. It's it's the why, though, that pisses me off so much. 
The only reason that Gord didn't get a five-minute major there is nothing he did on the hit. It's the fact that Mark Shifley immediately got up and tried to beat his brains out. Like, that's it. If Mark Shifley lays down there for a little bit longer and is kind of slow to get up and the trainers come overboard and he's kind of, you know, gingerly taken off the ice, Yanni Gord's getting a five-minute major, no doubt about it. But because the player that he hit gets up right away, the referee feels less inclined to tag on the five minutes in that situation. And, it, and it's complete bullcrap. Like, it really is. And it just, it again shows the ineptitude of the NHL when it comes to both, I guess, officiating and discipline is that it's always, always, always the result of the hit. It's never the actual action itself. It's just the result. And in that situation there, Mark Scheifele could have been seriously hurt. Just because he gets up doesn't mean that the penalty should be lessened. It should have been five minutes. You give an additional two and and Scheifele two for roughing there. I'm okay with that. But it shouldn't take a player being knocked out or carried off on a stretcher for you to give a freaking five-minute major in a game. And you should be able to review it, take a look at it after, and make the call. But, I mean, I just can't, for the life of me, understand how somebody who's a couple feet away from the boards gets hit from behind in the most dangerous position on the ice and the referees basically just, you know, poo-poo it away and, oh, not a big deal because the guy got up. I would love to see that kind of mindset changed by the NHL. But until Batman and some of the old boys are uh, out on the golf course or out on the beach somewhere, I, I'm, I'm not going to get my hopes up that we see that change anytime soon. So, I mean, for the Jets, thankfully, Red Hot Mark Shifley wasn't hurt on the play. And also, thankfully, you know, Seattle didn't come back and win that game, <laughs> right? Because that, that would have been a major turning point. It, uh, what I believe was a tie game at that point in the game, giving the Jets a five-minute power play. So, I mean, all in all, it works out for the Jets. It's just, you know, really, really frustrating when you see situations like that happen time and time again. Again, best sport, worst league. I think that applies there. Uh, that's going to do it, though, with a look back at the week. And, and that's going to pretty much wrap up this episode here. But like I mentioned, whew, this is... A massive, massive stretch of games for the Winnipeg Jets coming up. And again, of course, with the condensed schedule, it all comes extremely quickly here. These next three games very well might decide the Winnipeg Jets' playoff fate. It doesn't guarantee that they make it, but it could potentially guarantee that they aren't in the dance and become official sellers by the time the trade deadline rolls around, just because of the opposition that they're playing. You got Edmonton coming to town Saturday afternoon, followed by a matchup against another Albertan team in the Red Hot Calgary Flames on Monday. And then the cherry on top is the matchup against the Dallas Stars in the middle of next week. It's a stretch where you got to go 2-1 realistically. You know, maybe you can lose the game against Calgary. Calgary's way, way ahead of you in the standings. You don't have to worry about them too much. But you got to find a way to beat Edmonton. And you no doubt about it have to beat Dallas. And on top of that, beat Dallas in regulation. An OT win might not necessarily even be good enough for the Winnipeg Jets here. So we'll see if that level of play these past two games carries over into the next three. It, it's going to have to if they want to have a chance. But my guess is one way or another we get some clarity as to just who the Winnipeg Jets are going to be 
heading into the stretch run of this season here. It all starts Saturday against Edmonton, against what looks to be a much improved and a highly motivated Oilers team who just kicked the crap out of the Anaheim Ducks. They look fast and they look dangerous with Woodcroft now behind the bench there at Edmonton. And on top of it, they're getting depth scoring. That's always been the biggest thing with the Oilers. If they get people other than McDavid and Dreisaitl scoring, they're going to be dangerous. And, and that's what's happening right now. But keep an eye on Ryan McLeod, by the way. He's looked really good these past couple of games for the Edmonton Oilers. But that's, that's the one here. You get this win against Edmonton. And you never know how many games, how many wins you can tack on in a row after that one. Like the, the Oilers one is kind of the big key one to keep this hot streak going. And then obviously you have to take care of business against the Dallas Stars in the middle of the week coming up. But you beat Edmonton, you beat Dallas. You know, the Calgary one has a little bit less importance tacked onto it then. Hey, who knows? The Winnipeg Jets could be right at the playoff line. When we get back to this in less than seven days. So, yeah, the roller coaster season just doesn't end for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll see if it's going to be up or if it's going to be down after this three-game stretch for the club heading into the weekend here. But that's going to do it for us because we're now officially into the weekend. So, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll be back at it on Tuesday, breaking down two games against Alberta teams, the Oilers and the Flames. And then we'll get ready for Friday's episode, looking back at that massive, massive matchup against the Dallas Stars. So again, thank you so much for listening. We'll back at it on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Peace.